like you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. I am the one who knocks. My dark passenger. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Don't call me Junior. I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you off flying, miss. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hi everyone, welcome to Talking Geek Episode 3. The podcast covering all things geeky. I'm Cal. I'm JB. And by geeky, we tend to mean uh, movies, comics, and television and video games. Yeah, those, those are, are the, the four main buckets we'll, we'll be talking about. Those are the four about. main buckets that we will be covering. And so this is episode three, but we're treating it like episode one. Episode Episodes one and two we put out a few months ago. We weren't all that happy with them. We weren't... We were too focused on news and covering, you know, some breaking trailers and some news and really what we want to focus this is going to be a podcast where we are talking about the things that we like to the things that we're currently reading watching you know playing all of those things so what we're into and it's going to be more of a kind of a what's going on in the world reviewing kind of thing it's not going to be a we're not we're not going to do synopsis well it's not going to be so much even what's going on in the world i mean if there's if there's a week where the there's world no of what news, we're interested in. yeah it's going to be like what we're reading is i mean essentially it's going to be a conversation between me and you right now i mean especially right now since mm-hmm. we essentially have no listeners and we recognize that <laughs> we're gonna have to build up a listenership so because we put out the first couple episodes and essentially abandoned them and i know we had you know we had some few downloads on itunes and yeah, on Stitcher, i think that but, was my phone phone got awry just <laughs> downloading them for me but but not many and so this is gonna be us because all these things i mean we we listen to a bunch of podcasts our, ourselves but you know we we wanted to sit down and carve out a chunk of time where me and you just talk about what we've been doing in our our mm-hmm. hobbies and what we what, yeah. what keeps us busy yep we're married but not everything not all the content that we both consume overlaps some stuff overlaps some stuff doesn't especially in the world of comics and video games there's there's a lot that doesn't overlap between what i do and what you do and hopefully that means we can actually cover kind of a broader range of topics so yeah, we'll just be talking about what we're doing, what we're into, and it's a good opportunity for us to catch up with each other, too, and on what you're doing and what's going on in, in your pop culture world and what's going on in my pop culture world. Yeah, because we both lead decently busy lives and going to be getting even busier because JB is pregnant. So, yeah. Did, did we oh, oh, baby geek on the way. Did we introduce ourselves? I'm Cal. And, and I'm JB. Yeah, we Did we introduce that. ourselves? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll I was having a, I was blanking that we introduced ourselves. So, yeah. We did. So JB is pregnant with our first, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. So you know we'll have even less time to carve out, you know, to carve out and talk about this stuff. I mean, we'll probably yeah. So realist- what better to have a conversation with each other than to record it and post it for the rest of the world to listen yeah. to as I well? I mean, if if we want to talk about it, you know, and get our thoughts out there, might as well record it and have some fun doing it. So. Mm-hmm. So anything? Yeah. So we're not we're. As I mentioned, we're going, to, we're going to focus less on news. We before we were really kind of you know trying to f- talk about some movie news and comic news and video games. There's just too much. It was it was too much. It, it wasn't 
there's a million blogs you can go out there and read if you want to read about movie news or yeah. you want to, to review the trailers. I mean, we'll still talk about news if it's if it's relevant to us. We're not going to talk about news for news sake. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about we'll talk about news if it's well, important I mean, to there us. There could be whole podcasts dedicated to just comic book movie news or just comic news or there's, there's just too much, you know. And it, it's too much to try to keep up with which ca- which actors being rumored to be in the cast of Days of Future Past or which which uh, director is now associated with the new Daredevil movie or you know whatever it is. There's just too much of it to keep track of. So whatever we're interested in, we'll bring up, and everything else you guys can find on the internet anyway. Yeah, exactly. There's and, and if you're listening to us, you're probably an informed geek just like we are anyway. So you don't you don't need us to tell you the news. You're more intrigued about what other people think about that news anyway yeah so we're going to try to you know give our critique on the things that we've read and what we've, what we've liked and as i said we will talk about the news but only if it's important to us you know i'm a huge Su- superman fan so you had a video and we talked about a lot of man the of steel, man of steel stuff so over here the man of steel trailer you know talk about that in a few minutes and um so yeah anything other any other housekeeping type business yeah a couple um we may swear from time to time, so we are listed as explicit. We're not going to try to actually. Keep that we're, back. Actually, I don't think we are. Are we? Oh. No, this one. Also, well, we're not listed as explicit. This podcast is not. Uh, so we'll keep it user friendly. We'll try to keep it. I mean, we, there still might be some uh, swearing every now and then. We're. I'll, we'll try to keep the f bombs to a minimum for sure, so that you guys can listen to this in front of. Yeah, I mean, we we, some we want this more to be... delicate ears essentially family friendly okay we'll do that that's um, news to me but i'm okay with that and <laughs> coming from the woman i should be i shouldn't be talking like a sailor anyway right yeah and, and so... then the other piece is we are not going to walk on eggshells so there might there's going to be spoilers oh there's Just definitely going to be there's anticipate some spoilers there's for sure going to be spoilers because that's what we're the the show is essentially going to be that's essentially all the show is is us discussing well, what we've read and watched and everything and what and what we've enjoyed and yeah. you can't really do, you just can't do that without spoilers. Yeah. Now so. we might occasionally mask mask some spoilers for one another if there's something that I've read that you want to read. We might mask a detail here and there, but we're not going to go out of our way to do that. So just know that going into it so you don't have to send us tweets and emails complaining about it. We're we're giving you fair warning and we'll probably do that in in front of most episodes anyway for yeah. for new listeners as well. And also the last bit of housekeeping, I think, is that I wanted to point out that the show isn't always going to have the same format. I mean, essentially, the show is going to be, you know, we'll have we'll we'll review and talk about the comics and movies and and things that we're reading and watching and TV. But we might have an episode where we just dedicate these are our let's 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 talk about our top five favorite comic storylines. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about our top five favorite movies. Or you In know, some we'll way, have those are the most interesting. Yeah, I, those I, are the most fun. I think I agree. I agree, which is why we're definitely going to have probably a lot of themed episodes. You know, we might have mm-hmm. an episode where we talk all about the comics, or essentially, there's best gonna, comic book movies. I mean, there's essentially, of that. there's going to be. I would say that there's essentially no, uh, you know, surefire, a hundred percent. This is our. This is the format of the show. Right. We're, we're, the show is covering all of these, you know, the geek topics, mm-hmm. but it could be a geek potpourri. <laughs> So we'll we'll uh, and we're, I'm good about and so is Miss Cal. Oh, Man, that came out very Canadian. It did, and we are not. We we. I work with someone who's Canadian. Maybe it's rubbing off on me a little bit. We live in Michigan, so we're and, no, we're and not, lower Michigan too, not not upper Michigan. We're not we're not. I mean, but still, people would consider Michigan to be you know that there is a. Uh, just more of a more of that Canadian, yeah. you know, accent. So as in I general, was going but, to say before I turned Canadian, 
is we will be sure to include uh, informative descriptions for each podcast so you know what it is we're talking about with the oh, yeah, so the show notes you can you know the postings the, the the postings will you know talk about let let you know what we talk about mm-hmm. in that week's episode we'll give a synopsis and this show is the plan is to have it come out on a bi-weekly schedule so every, every other week right bi-weekly is it or is that semi we always get those confused i've heard it used both ways i i, I believe the correct term is is bi-weekly but the so the show is but regardless of the term the show should be coming out every two weeks yes or twice a month every every two weeks ish you know because not gonna put ourselves on too rigid of a schedule but the plan is to try to get them out every other week we more don't more regularly than what we did after episodes one two and then nothing until oh now. yeah it's been what <laughs> I mean, it's that's been, not reflective of what our schedule is gonna we be we posted the episode two in sometime around the beginning of yeah, january this really is a reboot reboot yeah you're, you're talking canadian the boat the canadian tonight i'm i'm trying to add a little spice to the podcast a little little uh foreign is that uh, canadians are known for spicy <laughs> yeah so what do we got i i so let's, let's talk some comics let's talk some comics so i know this this uh past week was your birthday so i know you got some cool comics like your birthday i did get some cool comics you treated me quite well so i don't have a lot of hardcovers and trade paperbacks i tend to read a lot of comics digitally or i buy them issue to issue uh, depending on what it is i'm reading if it's a title that i'm really interested in or a writer inker drawer combination that i like i tend to buy the titles i like i like to support <laughs> drawer it's an artist artist yeah <laughs> I, I like to support comics especially creator-owned comics i really like to support them and one of the creator-owned comics that i read is powers i really really like powers it's a crime drama about uh the the main character christian walker used to have powers and he lost them it's a long story and now he's a detective actually investigating powers related homicides initially it was powers related homicides uh recently they've done sort of a reboot to um, it's, it's volume five now where it's actually, he's an FBI agent and he's investigating all sorts of powers related, uh, crimes more than just homicides. And it's, I, I really like powers. I can't talk enough about it. I wish it actually had a regular shipping schedule, which it's, it's Brian Michael Bendis. So that guy is involved in everything. So much involvement in Marvel, so many different titles that I can understand that it doesn't ship regularly, but in yeah. the last 10 years, it really just I, hasn't shipped regularly it's it's a disappointment for fans i feel like i would be that's a, that's a, a title that if i were to read it and i have i've you know you have almost the entire run from volume one at image up up i know you're missing issues here and there i think you're yeah. actually missing a good chunk of volume two right i'm, I'm missing a, a decent chunk of volume two but I'm pretty close to owning everything in, but, in individual issues. Now, if I don't have it in an actual back issue, I have it in digital form. But, but that's I, I want to have the actual physical issues. That's a comic that would just annoy the piss out of me if I was reading it. Because I know that it does. You know, he'll come out and but and, and Bendis will even come out and say, you know, brand new. You know, starting volume three, we have a bunch of issues in the can. And they'll have two issues come out and then it'll be you know three four months before the next issue yeah comes out. It, what, I, it'll, what it'll end up being is like five or six issues in a row over the course of about seven or eight months and then nothingness for a it's while it's kind of like kick-ass in terms of 
Um, well, Mark uh, Miller's another Mark, one of those Mark writers who's super busy, involved in everything. Yeah, and so Kick-Ass is one, you know, kind of like Powers. I, I think I think Kick-Ass actually comes out on a, when it's when it's being when, when it's coming out because they've had Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. Kick-Ass Two, and then the Hit Girl miniseries. I, you know, that comes out such an irregular schedule that I just wait for the. The, you know, the, the, trade, the, yeah. the trade wait for the storyline to be finished and that's how i would have to be with powers because that man that would piss me off i'm actually and i've been thinking more and more about moving towards just reading waiting We've for been story talking lines, about that waiting for storylines to wrap up and to be honest it's it's weird the things that are the holdups because there's so many back issues there's always things you know you never knock you're never going to run out of comics to read but the thing that it, it's it's weird the thing that keeps me from not completely doing that yet is you can't be it's it's more difficult to be in on on, on the conversation you know the movie it's news true. you know yeah you read you're stuff always going to be behind because issue one will have come out months and months ahead before and, and you read we're stuff right on now. comic book resources and and all the news sites yeah. and you're behind on the news you don't I know mean, what's going on and you get spoilers and not only that but you're you're only supporting the artist then after the fact yeah but still you're still supporting them i mean and by artists i mean artists like i'm saying that in general not just yeah them. i mean i yeah there's there's different schools of thought that I from what I've seen that like what keeps a comic afloat is a uh, is it the single issues that keeps it you know if the sales are bad does it get dropped or is there or or are there certain titles that never sell well in individual issues but then the trades do well yeah so you, then, you do hear that about some I think that there's I think that it it happens where I I think it I think the full gamut happens where titles are are canceled because their individual issues aren't doing well but I, th- I think there's titles that stay afloat because even though the individual issues aren't doing well the trades do well yeah. I, I have to it I has have to come to down to cost benefit ratio cost to print and versus price and and number of people that are buying you know i i i think it's probably a numbers game are they making a profit on it but i have to imagine that um elephant man which is a image title that i read creator owned um title um written by richard starkings i'm not going to go into it right now because i think that when the next issue comes out i'll probably talk about it more when i actually have a new issue to talk about because it's been a couple months but mm-hmm. elephant men's a pretty cool series but i know that its circulation is so i've never heard of a comic being this low and you know i look at the numbers um online i think you yeah. know I, th- I think comic book resources puts out well they link to whoever puts out the like numbers like every month like the top hundred selling books and the top yeah. you know hundred selling trades or whatever and elephant men if it even makes it on there which it doesn't always make it on there you know it's 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 running you know three thousand copies an issue and that is so crazy yeah. low you and, know titles... and that's what's being ordered by comic stores that's not actually purchased yeah no and I'm, i mean i know i know titles are pretty are in danger you get down to the the mid the, you know th- the mid thirty thousand well yeah i mean if you if you're in marvel if you're less than Thirty thousand, less than twenty five thousand. Chances are you're because I know caught. that um, there's a number of titles. DC has been with the new fifty two. You know they've um, they've canceled. I think I was reading Justice League International mostly because Booster Gold's in it, and he's a character that I have really ever since the the new title written by Jeff Johns, Booster Gold Volume Two came out after Infinite Crisis in two thousand seven. I've been a pretty big Booster fan. I've gone back and read all of Volume One and um. And Justice League International was only, you know, doing mid thirties and that got mm-hmm. the axe. So Yeah, I I would imagine that their their overhead cost might be more for advertising and for 
printing. I don't know. They, I bet DC probably has more overhead costs. They're probably not running as lean and mean as like a someplace like an image, especially where they're the profit sharing might be a little different. Well, image is being is is being no is known as the the creators the the place for creators to go. Yeah, and... absolutely. And and there's other companies like Monkey Brain and, and other companies that are trying to follow that that business model. So I think. As comics progress, especially in the digital age, I think we're going to see a lot more independent comics come out. And I think you're going to see a lot more fail because they, they, there's going to be a lot more published but not necessarily able to, to make the cut. But I think we'll also get a lot more content that's really, really good that does fall in that elephant, elephant men category that's very minimal distribution but really good so it stays afloat. Yeah. I mean, because the business model's changing a little bit where – um, with some of these other new publishing companies that are coming out, the uh, artist creator duo, you know, the teams get to choose their price point. They get to choose essentially what their profit sharing is going to be, how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, they get to, like I know. Um, you and so, know, if you really want to get your book out there, and you don't care if you're making money on it, um, yeah, exactly. I picked up. I recently picked up Saga. It was getting such acclaim over the last year that I had to pick it up and I think you know I think you said that you're going to read it at some point but um or maybe you Yeah, didn't. I probably will, but I'm not concerned about about spoilers or anything. So. Well, I wasn't going to spoil it, but I know that um uh Brian K. Vaughn, who writes that who you read Why the Last Man. Yep. And so Brian K. Vaughn, the writer and he gets to, him and him and his partner on the um Fiona Staples who is the artist on that title, they pretty much decide everything. They get to decide what the cover and I, th- I think this is true of almost all of the image titles that they that you get that the art that the creators get to decide what the cover looks like everything and i mean it sounds trivial to get to pick what the covers look like but dc comics and i think less so even with marvel but even marvel somewhat but dc all the titles all the covers look very similar if they have a crossover going or if they are promoting something they'll put it the banner on top of all the titles yeah. and i mean you, know, they you don't see let, that in marvel too but maybe they don't let you forget not every that title. this is the dc universe versus you know the image titles you know mm-hmm. um even vertigo has some of that uh branding and marketing going well, on and it's stuff that's too. Because, not to the same extent that's but because vertigo it's part just, of dc yeah just like just like where we, we we should get back to you talking about your powers hardcover but vertigo is was the place for um you know creator content in mm-hmm. the dc line like uh Right, it's you know just as, essentially the same as the icon imprint from yeah. Marvel. Although it's gotten more, Vertigo is definitely more well known because I don't I don't even know any other titles that are well, in I mean, the it's, icon it's, um, it's, imprint other than Powers. It's had big successes. I mean, when you have something like the Watchmen and you have V for Vendetta, I don't think Watchmen was technically part of Watchmen wasn't Vertigo. V for Vendetta was, but Sandman is you know the the mm-hmm. quintessential uh, Vertigo title is Sandman, but. What other icon titles are there other than um, well, icon, powers? Um, well, you've, there's Brian Michael Bendis has other titles out there, so he's got a, he's got Takio, um, Mike um, Oming, who does the art for Powers. He also has his own comic out there too. Are uh, they get, all under you icon? You get things though? like you get things like Criminal and Invincible. Those are is Invincible? No, I think I think Invincible's Image. Oh, it might be Image. Well, Icon became Image. No. I thought they... No, no. I, I, I guess what I'm thinking of is Powers used to be on Icon, and then it switched to Image. It's no, Powers used to be Image. Volume 1. It's funny that... <laughs> I guess I have them backwards. Yeah, yeah. Powers Powers Volume 1 was Image, so it, it was part of Image Comics. Then I think, I think just to keep them happy and keep them at Marvel, 
Marvel either gave him created a new imprint or just created or gave or you know put because he was doing all the Marvel work that they put him on in the icon Marvel imprint and Powers really does seem like a title that would be right at home in at Image but yeah so Icon's got Criminal uh, which is Ed Ed Brubaker's title and I've actually considered reading that I, I've I've heard really good things about that. It's also got an ongoing series called Kabuki, um, which is by artist David Mack, and I mean his art is really These incredible. Are, I I assume. What, let me know if I'm right, if I'm wrong. Well, um, what Kick I ass, obviously by what, Mark Miller. What I assume is that um, icons probably a lot of artists and writers that are associated with Marvel. Yeah. Who... Oh, it, it, almost exclusively Matt Fraction. Which if you if you've heard of Matt Fraction, I mean he just got off a big run of Invincible Iron Man. He was writing some other titles. As well, I mean, he's he's a big author or big writer right now for for Marvel. He's got a comic on there called Casanova. I think really it's a way to keep their writers happy. Like, yeah, with cause... have them write the the quintessential Marvel books, the big Marvel titles, but then allow them to have their sandbox yeah, as well for what they want to do. Because those are all titles, and that's that... a really good business model. Keep your artists happy. Like it, this is a weird analogy, but it's something I'm familiar with. Um, it's like when you bring in researchers into an academic university or whatever, you bring them in to do research that you want them to do, but then you give them a certain percent of the budget to do what they want to do. And that's kind of what I think icon is for Marvel. It's, it's the sandbox area for these creators to create what they want to, so to, to keep them happy. Cause I mean, you've got Brian Michael Bendis, you've got, he's got a couple of titles. You've got David Mack, you've got, um, well, it, 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 Ed Brubaker, you've got uh, Matt Fraction. I mean, these are all really big names, it, big controllers in the Marvel it universe. It just keeps them, or you know, I mean, it doesn't keep them, but it's it's a, it incentivizes them to stay at Marvel within the Marvel house because I I bet every single one of those titles would be right at home at Image. You know, they you you look at you look at Image titles and Image titles aren't there is no image universe where there's a marvel universe and a dc universe there's there's titles and yeah each title he lives in its own universe and i yep. that's how that's how from what, i mean that's how powers is right? yeah yeah powers powers is its own universe and I, I pulled up the wikipedia page real quick just so i didn't sound like an idiot on here and uh according to wikipedia they say that uh um icon is for creator owned titles and it's it's designed to be for A-list creators producing for Marvel rather than all creator-owned work from from just, you know, general. Yeah. So it's it really is for their their main writers to keep them happy. So so let's go back and talk about your Powers hardcover cuz you've been talking for a while that you wanted to have some good collected collected yeah. editions of so, Powers. So how do you like talk about the actual like are you happy with the actual yeah. book cuz I know So I started I off saying that I don't I don't have a lot of hardcovers or or trade paperbacks and that's true. I mean the only other hardcovers I have are the the um Volume 1 and Volume 2 Omnibuses of Daredevil and Frank Miller, which I love. So um, you got me the uh, Volume 1 of Powers, the uh, the hardcover. I can't remember what it's actually called. I, th I think it's called the Definitive Hardcover Collection, yep, yep, Volume 1. Yeah, that's right, it is. Yep, Volume 1. And it uh, it collects issues 1 through 11, and I really, I'm really happy with it. It's a sewn binding, which is nice. It's the oversized pages um, they're thicker, nice print, uh, very glossy. The the one complaint that I have is that the way that they've bound it, they didn't provide enough margin on the inside of the binding, so you actually get some words cut off just in the way in, in the spine of the book. And, and and that is annoying because they should be able to plan for that and have some extra margin on those. Yeah, pages. I've never seen that before. It's a 
It's an excellent hardcover. I mean, it's one of the better. Yeah, it, it comes in I the think. slip. In, it comes with the slip jacket. But I've never seen, um, you know, a b- binding that that did that with comics. I um, even even the crap, you know, even the um, Death of Superman omnibus that yeah, I have. Yeah, that's with the a, like paper. That's it's like the Bible of, pages. It's a yeah, the paper, the the like binding so thin. It's such a piece of crap. Uh, and yeah. I, but luckily they just re-released that. I'll talk about that maybe yep. on another podcast, but, um, but even, even that, you know, they don't cut any, you know, they, they take into account the thickness yeah. of that. And... Yeah. They just, they, they didn't quite give enough margin on the inside binding for, for that. So it gets cut off a little bit. Now I haven't seen any images that are cut off, but there have been some text that's been cut off and that's annoying, but I've, I've gotten over it and, and it comes with enough extra material in the back to keep me satisfied also there's a copy of one of the scripts which i actually have the power script book um so i I have that in paperback version anyway but it's still nice to have it's got um the covers it's got some original sketch work um all those little extras that fans appreciate it has and so it to me it's it's really nice because it's it, collecting issues one through eleven um it really those those issues really blend well together and they they really do read like a graphic novel and so having them all there in one compendium is really, really nice. And it's it's been fantastic to go back and read. It's It's been, I don't know, probably five years since I've read the the first couple of story arcs of Powers. And so I'm, I'm loving it. So how far have, have they been re- – is the hardcovers for Powers fairly new or have they been re- releasing no, them for a while? No, they've been out for – Powers has been, had trade paperbacks and hardcovers for a while. Now, the Definitive Collection, I'm not sure when they first started releasing that. Um, I think that's newer, but only you know within the last couple of years. But they they are actually really good about releasing Powers trade paperbacks. That's and, what I was going to ask is if yeah, the hardcovers go all the way up because – I, I mean, don't know if they power. If you include the, there's three volumes of powers, right? And then they actually just started the Powers Bureau. Is that technically like there's volume four, four volumes of powers? So Powers Bureau is technically volume five. So I mean, how far do the hardcovers collect? Like, if you, I honestly don't know. I'd have to look to see what volume they're up up to now. I think that they've gone a pretty decent amount though, because it's, because all the volumes put together, it's the powers is gone for you know as as, as much as you talk about the bad rele- the horrible release schedule. They've got a, all the volumes collected. What a hundred issues? You over think? over a hundred issues. Yeah, but it's been over ten years. So. Well, I mean, a hundred issues. I mean, what? Like, if you release on time, you'd release in ten years. What a hundred and twenty issues? So yeah, that's true. Maybe it's only been worse in the. Lo- it it seems it's like been worse more recently. Yeah, it seems like you know the last few years. Yeah. Have been, I know since you've been really into power the last few years that. The release schedule has been really bad, but it, it couldn't have been too bad for a while or else mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had this many issues. Yeah, and the thing about it is when there's been periods of drought where there's been no individual issues coming out, they have been coming out with these uh, at least trade paperbacks in, in, in the hardcovers too. So I, I'm not sure how far up they go. I'd like to continue to, to collect them though and and be able to have the, the collection there for, yeah. for reading. Well, I mean, just like anything, you know, you got volume one, I think – yeah, now if, we've started if, down the path. Either you buy them for yourselves, or I, or you know, I have yep. every Christmas and birthday for a while. Each <laughs> each one, you know, you get yeah. a new gift. And and along the same lines, you also got me uh, volume one of the Walking Dead. Um, what is that one called? Is that called the hardcover edition? Know I know I should, but I don't. I believe it was the compendium. Yep, and the... so that that's collecting issues one through twenty four, and and that's really nice too because again, that's that's really the oversized 
uh, oversized prints, really good printing. They've got all the covers in there. Not as much special content as some other books provide, but at least there's there's some extra content in there. No, but I have to say I haven't been reading The Walking Dead, and I'm not I'm not too I. I'm reluctantly not interested in it. Like, I know more and more you tell me how good it is, and then... It's good, but I, I can tell you it's starting to have its its wear and tear on me a little bit. I need to see something new with it. But, um, and the compendium, I believe it's the compendium. Now I'm questioning myself, but it's... it's not the omnibus. Yeah, I Because those are gigantic. I think it is a compendium. It's it's gorgeous. It's like, um, you, like, like you said, it's the first 24 issues, and it makes me want to sit down and read this yeah. comic. And even and though it's only black and white, the shading and the detail oh, black and, and white the, the glossy, it, like, it looks good. It has nothing to do with being black and white. Like, I love the original Turtles run yeah. um, that's black and white. It's just, I don't know. God, I've never, I'd love to have that in a hardcover. I, well, IDW is actually putting out... We need, we need to look into the IDW stuff, because we have... We have that soft cover that they put out, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that Mirage put out. Yeah, when I they mean, were that still... came out years ago, and that's not even in print anymore. When they were still Mirage, because that came out probably 2008 or 2009. Mirage put out a, at the time, I thought it was an awesome collection. It's a, um, Now the spine's kind of falling apart. It's right, the... well, it's a glued spine. It's, it's not a It's not the best spine. binding, but it's got like the first 11 issues of the um, Turtles, the original Volume 1 Turtles ongoing, and it's got all the... Um, the individual turtles one shots and everything and so we should look into the iew it's kind of fugitoid yeah yeah but iew now they've taken over they've, they've been putting that stuff out so we should look into that mm-hmm. but um but yeah i have to say that they at least for walking dead they're not releasing a lot of extra material with their stuff yeah that's i true. don't know about other titles i can only speak for walking dead but i do know that the extra content that fans really love that it's that extra added incentive to pick up the the hardcovers, aside from having just a really cool way to show off your collection. That extra content, at least as a, as a fan, I think is really awesome. And and it seems as though as IDW is putting out more and more of these Walking Dead compendiums, they have less and less extra content. Walking in Dead them. is Walking Dead's image. Image, not IDW. It's turtles. We were just talking about turtles. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, turtles. But if if IDW follows what Image is doing, then yeah. you know, let's yeah. hope that they don't. I guess is my thing. Yeah, I I think uh, what's the the Walking Dead, um, the the hardcover that you have is like I said, it was it's it makes me want to sit down and read it. It's gorgeous. It's it's is you. It looks just like what I love the um the DC Absolute editions, mm-hmm. the huge oversized, I believe eight by eleven size. Yeah, and they have the cardboard slipcase that you put it in, or the um. Mm-hmm. So it's got an awesome slipcase that goes in there, and then it's got yeah. the um the slip the, the dust jacket that goes on it. But yep. these things look gorgeous. They look like they look ex- identical to like you'd think it was a DC Absolute, and mm-hmm. then um the paper stock is awesome. The only thing that's actually a that that I actually would like. I mean, I haven't started reading it, but um, all the DC absolutes have the um, the the cloth bookmark in there. Yeah, the ribbon. The yeah, the ribbon bookmark, and um, I know that Walking Dead doesn't. It, they could uh, and what's funny is I know the well, I I heard an interview with Richard Starkings, the writer of Elephant Man, mm-hmm. and he always makes sure that in the Elephant Man omnibuses that they always have the ribbon bookmark, and he's like. <laughs> It's, he's he said in the interview is like it's like twenty five cents for each book. He's like, Apparently, Kirkman didn't uh, get on that bus. Yeah, the, but so 
I mean, it might not be. I mean, stockings might have been exaggerating that it's only 25 cents, but, you know, it's a nice little thing. It's a nice little bone yeah. to throw to people. If you're reading 25 comics, clearly you're probably not going to sit down no, or, you're not gonna or read 24 it comics. You're not going to read that all in one sitting, so you're going to need a bookmark. And yeah. so that's, I, I could find my own, but I, I agree having the ribbon attached is kind of nice. Well, for the DC absolutes, that's what I really – you know, it just adds that extra layer of class, I think. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think the, the Powers hardcover looks just like a, a regular – Hard trade that's been put in hardcover. I mean, it looks. Really I'd say it's nice. a little bit of a step up from a regular trade hardcover. It looks really nice. I mean, it, I mean, it has the embossed. Um, like when you take the dust jacket off and you're yeah. looking at the actual. Yeah, I think thing. it's slightly bigger than a typical it's, trade hardcover. It's pretty nice, but The Walking Dead is. Yeah. You know the cream of the crop. It's classier. It's, I put it right up there with the DC Absolute, which I personally put at the, um, you know, right at the. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard people compare them to the, you know, using the DVD analogy. They're, yeah. they're the special editions. They're, they're the three, four disc editions compared to just the yeah. trades, which are, you know, the one disc edition. Yeah. The, the problem with these types of hardcovers is that if a series is ongoing, they're never ending. So it's just keep digging into your pocketbook. Now, I mean, if they're collected every 24 issues, you're not buying them very often. No. Which like, is nice. I mean, right now we'll have an initial expense to catch up to where the comics are. But after that, you won't buy them very often. But it's still, it, it, it takes up quite a bit of shelf space and, you know, and wait, they're they're not trivial objects to store. No, but the 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 Walking Dead even more so than Powers. I think you know th- this is a book you want to put on your shelf. You want to show it off. It's a book to. It's true. It's and a book to buy and have people be like. It Man, amazes that looks me awesome. how many people don't know that the Walking Dead was a comic first. It gets talked about at my workplace. It gets talked about at various places all the time, and. Everybody, there's so many people on the bandwagon wagon watching that television show because they hear how good it is, and they have no idea that it was a comic first. Yeah. The comic is excellent. Although you should, I have my complaints. I won't go into them now, but the the comic is really good. Yeah, yeah. What was, I, I had a thought and I lost it for a moment. Um, about the TV show? No, no. What was it about? Eh. Well, we we, we can keep going, but but yeah, we have so. Right now, there's four... Oh, I, I know what I was going to say, but I'll say this first. So there's, so there's four volumes of The Walking Dead, and I'm sure we're going to have to get all all of them right now, up to 96 issues. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to talk about is it's hard... You spent forever... I just had to finally decide, okay, I'm buying her this for her birthday, but you couldn't figure out what vo- version you wanted, because there are, there are multiple versions of The Walking Dead out there. So why don't you talk a little bit about the various Walking Dead... Um, you know the various options for buying well, there's the omnibus option and then there's the the uh hardcover the compendium option and those are really the two that i was kind of debating about and then they, they also have um i think they've got a smaller collected volume yeah they than have the smaller... compendium they have they have a smaller set of hardcovers also that's yeah. not the compendium they're not as nice they're they're more like a a trade paperback but with hardcover i guess i can talk a little bit more authoritatively i guess because i actually did the research i haven't looked your, i did birthday. i did initially but it was a while ago so from, from what i remember i mean they come at different prices different price points well, and, the and so are, the, the price per issue ends up being different too yeah yeah but um the, the the differences are so there's the there's the um there's the compendium which is what we got which is you know the big oversized absolute style then there's also the omnibus which is huge truthfully is probably a better value for your money Mm -hmm. but it's got 48 it's got 48 issues in it and so it's instead of the 24 versus the compendium and so i know you were debating for a while like which which one do i want and debating like what's price per issue and the not only that but i think there were some complaints about either the binding with that or there 
I don't think that people who got that were 100% satisfied with their purchase. Yeah. Maybe they weren't publishing the Omnibus anymore. But I finally just, and you didn't, for a while, you didn't know what version you wanted to, what what version you wanted to buy. So I finally just, just sat down for your birthday and said, if I were to buy this, if I wanted to, if I like this comic enough that I want to buy it, I want to get the classiest version, the nicest version, the version that I would want to sit on the, on the bookshelf. And so I, I was, I decided, well, what would I buy myself? What would I want to buy myself? And so I, that's why I came across the, you know, the, the compendium fit that. So that's what I went with. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm I think, happy with your I think decision. you're the one that's pleased. I, I think you're pleased with that, right? Yeah, I, that's, that's the way I was leaning. Um, 24 issues in a single volume is still quite a bit of issues. It's a lot to read, but it's not huge to hold. Like when I look at my, uh, omnibus of the Frank Miller runs. There's a lot of comics in there. I mean, we're talking several hundred pages. It's heavy. Yeah, omnibuses are really, really nice. Especially your Daredevil omnibuses are what is one of the nicer omnibuses that I've seen. Like I mentioned earlier, the, the Superman omnibus is um, is uh, is is a piece of crap. But the, <laughs> it is a piece of crap. The um the Daredevil ones are are really nice, and so it's nice, but. Sometimes those things are unwieldy. You know, you have yeah. forty some issues in a single volume. You know, it gets tough to to read that. That's ex- that's especially when you have to take into account the margins, which they did not do for the powers. And powers is only eleven issues. They should have had no problem. I feel like for yeah, for that. I, I, I mean, think it was poor planning. And and like I said, it's only happened on a couple of pages where maybe the text was really close to the edge anyway. But it, it's still annoying. So I'm I'm looking at Powers, the definitive hardcover collection, because we weren't sure how many were out. I just did a quick search on my phone, and um, it's coming up. It looks like there's at least five volumes that are out right now. Um, I, so probably half the series or so. If and it, it if looks like issues. the most. It looks like the most recent volume came out. Uh, let's see, volume five came out September of last year, so that's probably the most recent. Maybe there's another one coming out soon, volume six. So. Let's look into that. But they they've um, they've published a number of individual trade paperbacks, which then get kind of fed into these definitive collections. Mm-hmm. And so I know even when there's been periods of drought where there's no individual issues coming out, there's been a ton of news on the on the paperback front. Marvel's always really good about getting their trade paperbacks out on a on a pretty timely and regular fashion. Mm-hmm. So that was all of your birthday stuff. So I think I don't have too much of the comics that I want to talk about, just because. I know that was part of our problem with our old format is we really got bogged down in talking about the minutia of every single issue of what we were reading. And mm-hmm. part of that was because when you start off on, you know, episode one or two of a show, you know, you want to kind of get it all out there. These are all yeah. all the things I'm reading. And I don't know, I, I, as things come up, as I things come up that I want to talk about that particularly really grabbed my attention, I, yep. I'll talk about it. I mean, I'm reading the Superman titles, but they 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 wrapped up you know, a storyline with they, they wrapped up the hell on earth storyline and that was pretty good. And so we'll see where it goes from there. And so what are those right now? I'm reading the, the green lantern titles and that's got a big crossover right now going on. Um, uh, wrath of the first lantern. And it's actually going to be a jumping off point for me because issue 20 of green lantern proper, cause there's all the green lantern titles are crossing over into it right now. So, Green Lantern Corps, Red Lanterns, and Green Lantern New Guardians, and Green Lantern itself are all tying into this. But I'm, and so I, I'm reading all those crossovers right now, and mm-hmm. I've been reading Green Lantern since Jeff Johns has been on it. So you know, all the way back to Rebirth. So since 
forever, but he's going to be wrapping up with issue number 20. He's leaving the book. Actually, all the creative, all the creative um, individuals on all the Green Lantern titles are leaving the books. I'm only reading the That's other titles. That's a big title. shuffle. It, it is. I'm only reading the Green Lantern titles, all the all the ancillary ones, just because it's crossing over. Mm-hmm. Typically, I just read the Green Lantern by the you know the Jeff just Johns. Just regular Green Lantern. Yeah. And but Jeff Johns is leaving. I think he has his magnum opus. I'm just gonna take a take a breather from Green Lantern for a while. If I hear mm-hmm. that the first story arc is good, maybe I'll go back and pick up the six issues yeah. or whatever for the I, arc. But I feel like new new writers, it can kinda go one of two ways. Either they need to gain some momentum so the first arc is eh or they come in with a bang and set their expectations really high and then I think it's hard sometimes to carry that keep that momentum going. So when you're a new creative team coming onto a book, especially one that's had such a long run and acclaimed run as Jeff Johns has had I think uh, it's some big shoes to fill, so yeah. we'll we'll see how that goes. And I've just been having a mental shift in general, where I've been—it's hard to find the time, but I've been wanting to go back and like and read some older stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. dig back into back issues. And we've been talking about trying to organize our our uh, you know our comic collection and fill yeah. how to fill in the runs that we have missing yep. issues. So I'm get our I'm, long boxes I'm, in order. I'm getting more interested in going back and reading some back issue stuff, and reading some stuff I haven't read in a while, or reading reading stuff I've never read, and so mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of, I think... There's I'm so gonna, much content. I think I'm going to transition to to letting some titles go for a while and reading them after a storyline's over, or, or, or if it's yeah. not good, not reading it. I mean, I'm going to drop Green Lantern and reading it month to month yeah. after issue 20, and if the first arc's good, I'll go back and read it. If it's not, I mean, I might not pick it's that back up. It's hard to cut the cord sometimes. I was reading Matt Fraction's Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man, for a long time. I didn't, I haven't I didn't read his whole run, but I read a, a good majority of it. Actually, pretty close to the whole run. And then when he stopped writing it, and, and with Marvel Now, they did a reboot. The different creative team on it. And I decided, you know, this is my stopping point. When when Matt Fraction left, he left Iron Man at a good point. He kind of wrapped up his, his arc of it. And the new guy wasn't really picking up so much in the continuity where it really mattered and so i just dropped it and i felt bad dropping it at first because i it's a character that i like it's a character i've enjoyed but i thought you know what this is this is my chance to get out of it when i have so many titles and new titles i want to pick up there's only so much time and i'm happy i made that decision because the reviews coming out for the new book are not great i've seen the art it's okay but just from having looked at the issue synopses and and seeing the cover work to see, kind of get a general idea of what's going on with the title, I'm not that intrigued. So yeah. I'm okay yeah, with that decision. A, you know, creative cr- creative shuffles are a time, you know, to gain new readers, but also a time, you know, it's a good jumping on points for people, but it's also a good jumping off point. So this is going to yeah. be a jumping off point for me yep. for Green Lantern. And, you know, Jeff Johns' run's been excellent. It's it's all pretty much, it's, it's all been great, I think. I mean, there's been ups and downs, but it's all, and it's pretty much all centered on all the different, mm-hmm. you know, the, all the different cores that he's, he's introduced and the um, the cool concepts. It's almost like, how have that never been done before? There was Green Lantern, you know, titles forever. How is there yeah. never... How, how can how, you keep coming up with new ideas? How did that concept that there's other cores and, and there's other there's potential to have, you know, the other colored cores, how, how has that never been explored? And it's just... And Jeff Johns hit on yeah. that and he had a, you know, and he planted the seeds for everything all the way, you know, back into Green Lantern Rebirth in 2004. And so it's it's... One of the longest runs, continuous runs I've read, and it's one of the best runs. But I think it's time to let it go. Yeah. So, so that's Green Lantern, and I'll probably talk about issue twenty when that. I think issue twenty is coming out in a couple of weeks, so I'll, I'll probably talk about that. Talk about how I think the 
everything wrapped up. And um, mm-hmm. so, what else to talk about comics wise? I've been I I watched um the Dread 3D movie, um the new Judge Dread movie, uh, mm-hmm. on a day where I was homesick from work, and so I, I watched that movie. And you hadn't been that interested in Judge Dread. I don't even think you realized. I wasn't it, sure about it. I don't even think you realized it was a comic book. We had a discussion. No, I knew that. that. No, I think we had a discussion that night, and you know we did a lot of Wikipedia. No, and, what and, I didn't what I didn't know was that Judge Dread like. That there's other judges out there. I didn't realize. I thought he was a singular character. I didn't realize that there were other judges uh, in the universe. But I, I did know it was initially based on a comic book. But really, it's more of a comic strip than a book. But I so so I watched Dread 3D and I watched it at home, so it wasn't 3D. But I think the official title is Dread 3D. That's what it was released in theaters. But essentially, it's just Dread. And I thought that movie was excellent. I I, I really like the. It, it, it gets dogged on a lot, but I actually really like the 95 Judge Dredd with uh, Stallone. I think that's a, I, that was my first introduction to Judge Dredd, mm-hmm. and I have had, And I haven't seen either movie, I've so had, I can't really weigh in. I've had minimal um, you know, exposure to Judge Dredd other than that Stallone movie. And so, yeah, that movie's really... I actually really enjoy that movie. I should pick it up on DVD or Blu-ray when I see it. But mm-hmm. but so, so I watched Dredd. I really like that as well. It was uh, more self-contained. It wasn't... It wasn't so I'm really glad I I've actually had watched since I'm haven't I haven't really read the comics I'm actually glad that I I am as familiar with the Stallone movie as I am because that movie is more an an introduction to the mythology I think more about the judges and who they're who the the I forget who what they're called but like the judges bosses like the masters like the mm-hmm. the grand judges or whatever and there's this whole mythology behind this world and then Dread is um. It's 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 not a sequel to the, to the Stallone movie. It's a new reboot, yeah. but they don't really go in. I think that they don't go into the mythology as much. It's more yeah, of a see. I would want to know that going into it. I would have those. Those would be questions. It's more of a standalone movie though, and you know, um, Dredd gets caught with his partner in a big, gigantic compound, and the movie just is essentially them trying to take out the bad guy and and while surviving being mm-hmm. trapped in this compound and it's actually a really excellent movie i enjoyed it quite a bit and it's got a cool industrial soundtrack that i liked a lot and um one of the things you pointed out to me was the gore it was incredible i did not expect it to be as gory as it was going to be it was it was the deaths are brutal the deaths are you see guys falling from you know a hundred stories up and you see them land and you see there's them splat and you see exactly what gravity would do well, I mean, I wouldn't say well, you assume I wouldn't say do. it's completely realistic, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it, I mean, because they didn't do it for it's, real. It's pretty gruesome, but um, but I really like that movie, and so what that that my whole point in that was to lead into. So I started picking up the IDW title because IDW started um right about the time when the movie started to print uh, a Judge Red Run, and I think they're up to issue five, and I'm. I've only read the first four issues, and mm-hmm. I'm en- I'm enjoying it. It's not quite as good as I would have hoped, and the art is questionable, but I'm enjoying that. And I'm also looking into reading the, the original? Some, of, some of the original 2080 strips and stuff. And so, so that'll be interesting once you actually start reading it to talk about that more. What's really cool about that is that, um, you know, we we had read this on Wikipedia that Judge Dredd was introduced in 1977, and he's been aging in real time since then, which comic book characters don't do that they, they you know they're perpetually however old they are yeah maybe they age a little bit like yeah, i know some might age I know Peter, Spider- Peter parker's yeah spider-man was a little bit you know he was a teenager and then he he 
I think at this point now he's uh you know he's an adult who's gone to college and I think he's a teacher and he was married and you know they retconned that with that controversial brand new day but I'm not too familiar with what's going on I mean I keep track yeah. of I mean and, the big and they kind of get around it a little bit too I mean they get around it a little bit with Wolverine they kind of get around it with like in Powers they they have ways of getting around I mean aging they but... don't even try to get it I mean in DC Comics they don't even really try to get around it you know Superman well yeah I mean in some things they do in some some, some ways they don't like Superman's like, essentially been you know 32 yeah. well same with Daredevil he's never aged yeah I mean his in his origin he he ages immediately he goes through childhood through college and and since then he's just been um, man. He could be in his thirties. He could be in his forties. They've never aged him. Yeah. So so it's cool that you know I believe Judge Red was in his thirties, mid thirties when the comic started. They made him in his thirties, and now he's in his he's, he's in his mid seventies in the comic. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that's pretty cool. And so I, I want to try to catch up. And I mean I can't read all, but I'm yeah. There'd wanna... be quite a bit for you to catch up. That's a lot so, of mythology. So I want to talk about that. I've already mentioned saga and saga is excellent i picked it up the hype got to me i was hearing how good it was it was winning i i started getting into it at the beginning of the year because it was saga was winning all these best of 2012 awards and i was Mm -hmm. seeing it left and right website after website about saga and saga and saga and so i was like well i usually the the hype doesn't get to me but i it's it sounded intriguing i would I read a little bit of the Wikipedia. Well, Brian K. Vaughn's also, I mean, he's he's a pretty acclaimed writer also. So. But, I mean, that didn't mean anything to me. I've never read Why the Last Man. Like, I, I don't think I read yeah, anything. I mean, that's not all that he's read. That's I mean, he's written other stuff, too, that's been pretty acclaimed I don't think I've well. read anything that he's done, though, other than Saga. So, mm-hmm. I know that he was acclaimed as a writer, but it actually wasn't. He wasn't an actual. Because I think he also wrote Unwritten. I'm not sure. He's the one who does that. But he wasn't an actual draw for me. Um it was mostly the acclaim that I read on Wikipedia page, and that the, the series was described yeah. as Star Wars crossed with, I forget, some fantasy. Like, like it was a. They I think de- they referenced Lord of the Rings. They described it, yeah, Lord of the Rings crossed with Star Wars, crossed with something else. A, a few different references that piqued my interest, and so I started picking it up, and that's excellent. Sounds like they just used a bunch of geek buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah, but. So, uh, my question for you is I, you know, I read Why the Last Man. I didn't. I'm curious to see if his writing style is similar in that every issue in Why the Last Man ended in some sort of mini cliffhanger in a way, some some sort of something open ended. Every single comic? No, not always. Not all comics. I mean, his his cliffhangers were like big, and oh. and and Robert Kirkman does this with Walking Dead too, where where they they tell you just enough, but they they leave this open question mark at the end of every comic, and it's. It's a big to be continued. Where I mean, comics that are not standalone issues always leave some open ended questions. But I mean, this is where he'll introduce a brand new topic or a brand new character or a brand new something that's going to just throw off everything you just read in the yeah. last twenty pages. Yeah, I would and say he did that a lot in in Why the Last Man to the point where I read the sixty issue arc in like a week. I would say he run. he does that, but I guess I hadn't even thought about it. To me, that's just like how comics end. Like almost every comic ends with a. Not like this though. I mean, I remember really just being drawn in. Like, are you kidding? That's how you're going to end it. I have to read the next one. Oh. And well, I, then maybe. And, they... and not all comics end that way. I mean, comics do tend to have a little bit of a cliffhanger, you know, to to keep you reading here to the next issue. There's usually something, but I just remember in Why the Last Man, just some big holy crap moments. Maybe the cliffhangers. Either the cliffhangers aren't as big as 
what you would think they would be, or I'm just well, and and you're only what twelve issues in now, so yeah. and I mean I read sixty issues of why, and and they weren't all like that. I mean some some were definitely bigger moments than others, but I I just I do remember some some big jaw dropping moments. And Robert Kirkman does the same has the same tap tactic in in Walking Dead, where you just have to pick up the next issue because gunfire went off and you don't know who got shot but you know someone got shot or you yeah. know something major like that that is is going to put a whole wrench in in the storyline for the 20 pages that you just read yeah yeah we'll see i mean it's yeah issue number 12 just came out a couple of weeks ago it was excellent there was a bunch of controversy over it because it um the the um apple store banned it from the comicsology app mm-hmm. and then they then they actually ended up retracting that i think because of all the bad press it was getting about oh, okay. about I that, didn't hear so, that. The, so the issue actually went up I, I i think i think it was you know you have to re- read between the lines that i think that there was bad press that they blocked because mm-hmm. because the series is pretty graphic there's um there is some graphic sex not not x-rated but uh you know there is i would say that some of the scenes sexual imagery some of the stuff is is um skinamax softcore I would say mm-hmm. softcore, but so it's, so you'd it's, still want it for a mature audience. It's oh, not yeah. something that well, you'd want even a thirteen-year-old kid. And not every up. issue has sex in it, but all like the language is very adult. So it's a very it's a very adult book. But I know that issue twelve had some panels that depicted um, homosexual sex. And what's funny is I actually read the issue and didn't even see those panels, and I was like, "What the heck?" So I I went back and. I I had missed them, and so it's it's funny because if they never even would have like made this big deal about it, I don't even know if I would have even noticed it. Because there's a character who, it's funny, he's there's a character whose head, he's essentially a uh, not a robot, but he, his head is just like like a, a TV screen, and mm-hmm. so that sounds weird. But um, so there was a scene where he's dying. It was actually a dream, but he was dying, and on his on his face was um was some depictions of homosexual sex and. I actually read it and missed that, and then had to go back and be like, so it's, it, "It's a really small portion of a panel." Yeah, you don't. There's two panels, and it's it's two panels, and it's it's a full panel of somebody holding him while he's dying, and then in his like head on his t- on the screen is this imagery, and so I didn't even see it. And yeah, I had to well, because go... that wasn't the point of the panel. The point of the panel was the was happening to the character. And I wouldn't have even have gone back. I only went back and found it because I was like. Well, wait a second. There's this. I yeah. know there's supposed to be these these scenes somewhere. Well, where are they? So I went back and and found them. But I wouldn't have even. Have, I just would have finished the issue and and that was it. I wouldn't have even yeah. noticed all this. You know these panels that made up the controversy. But so so that title's good. I'll talk about it periodically when mm-hmm. when I, when I feel like it. But um, so let's talk about. You have on the list to talk about some Age of Ultron. So why don't you talk about that and some Marvel Now stuff? So I'll let you. Yeah, I mean I, that's a that's a part of the world. That's, I have no idea what's going on in the Marvel world right now, really, other than I know, I know the Spider-Man stuff with Doc Ock, but that's about it. So I'll let yeah, you talk I, about that. I don't know. I, I, I was going to talk about Age of Ultron. I think I might just table it because I'm already five issues in and it's it's shipping bi-weekly. So by the next episode, we're going to be getting close to the end of the series. So rather than talk about it and speculate what's going to happen, maybe I'll just wait until it's done and, and talk about it then. But Age of Ultron is it's essentially the the next big event in the Marvel universe. Marvel always has these events. I'd say there's a couple a year that they do. The last one was uh, um, Avengers versus X Men, and then now the next big one is this Age of Ultron. And 
it's it's been rumored and and discussed and i guess not even just rumored but just press released that this is going to have a huge impact on the marvel universe which they say about every event to try and get you to read it but what's different about this one is it's not really set in continuity at this moment i could see it being in a parallel world Mm -hmm. but there's nothing in it that is tying it to the 616 universe at this point in time It, it, it could be just a future timeline or a branch timeline or something like that but they're they're not tying into current continuity of any books they've done some one-offs of other books but they haven't had to be within the continuity so unlike avengers versus x-men where your iron man title or your avengers title your x-men titles all had running storylines within their actual continuity that had the avx branding on them that's not happening with any of this uh age of ultron stuff where so far, it, it could be a standalone story, and I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. I'm enjoying the art quite a bit, but for me, it's it would be a better trade paperback read. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the tie-ins yet. I, I'm going to go back and read some of those, too, just because I'm curious to see what the content is, but I don't think I really need them for the story itself, mm-hmm. and, and you know we'll see if they add anything, but... So far, this is just, it's a good story, but I'm not seeing how it's going to have its consequences on the Marvel Universe yet. So, okay. I'll talk more about it after we've read it. I've read it all, but so far I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So, I think the last comics-related uh, thing I want to talk about um, is the Turtles title, because that is, I think, the only title that we are both reading is... Any... We're both reading Justice League. True. Well, oh, I'm... I actually decided I'm done. I'm the last issue was a standalone. Like, did you read the last issue? Issue eighteen. Did you read the issue where they were trying to pick the new league members? Yeah. Okay. So, and then it ended with like they they brought on the new um like the new Adam who was a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided that that's it. The, the next issue is going to be starting a new storyline. I actually decided I'm not going to read it. For me, it's I'm worth gonna... reading just for the the Shazam in the now, back because I'm really enjoying I, that. I agree. That is good. But unlike and that, really needs to be its own title now. Unlike Green Lantern, where and oh, I completely agree with that. I I'm loving that that that. Backup. I like the art. I like the story. But unlike Green Lantern, where I don't know if I'll come back to it, it just depends on if it's good. I fully intend to read Justice League, but I'm letting I'm going to trade weight that I'm letting. Mm-hmm. I, it was the end of an issue or the end of an arc. They finished yep. up the Throne of Atlantis. They had kind of a standalone issue where they were trying yep. to recruit some lead members so i'm just gonna i'm letting that title go and i yeah I actually, and, and I'll admit, i actually hadn't thought about or i hadn't mentioned that to you but that standalone yeah. issue was eh. it was a throwaway issue for me except the the shazam because the shazam in the back was it was it was a good episode or issue yeah so yeah it's, it's it moved the story along i would love that well I, that shazam really should be it's i would love that to be its own title yeah i mean was, if you break out all the pieces that they've had it's only a couple of issues because yeah, I think it's across, been pretty minimal in every issue. I think they started it after the first arc of Justice League with Darkseid. So I think leading in the second, the beginning of the second arc, yep. they started it. So and I it, think it moved really slowly. It probably only has maybe three issues yeah. total so far. But, and it missed an issue or two in the during the Throne of Atlantis. But um, but yeah. So I'm gonna let that go just because it hasn't been in, incredibly gripping to me. It's not something I need to get to every month. It's mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's. I do like it more than Green Lantern, or what I well, I'm liking Green Lantern, but I'm. It's funny, I'm anticipating not liking a creative shift, so I'm gonna let that go. But Justice yeah. League, Jeff Johns is gonna keep writing it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, stick with it. 
but I'm gonna do it in. Uh, I'm gonna you know wait you know the six mm-hmm. issues for the story arc to finish out. So yeah, you might. Well, con- you could wait until after I tell you if it's any good or not. Do you intend to keep reading it? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. Well, yeah. I uh, like the art on that a lot, and like I said, I really enjoy the Shazam piece of it. So now I might fall an issue or two behind. I I like to read a couple of issues at a time. I don't always like to wait six months to to read issues. It's a lot mm-hmm. to remember because then I forget. You know, when it hasn't been a part of my life, I forget about it. Well, no, but the, that's the thing though. I actually find myself like month to month, or if it's uh, a title is late, forgetting what's going on. And DC doesn't put out the, the unlike Marvel, DC doesn't have the this is what's been happening catch you up mm-hmm. page. So I mean, if it's sometimes I struggle to remember what happened last month. So you know, if 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 you read an entire arc, then you don't have to remember. You're, well, it's not that I have to remember what was going on. It's that I have to remember to read the title in general. Oh, see, I wouldn't forget that. I didn't. I probably wouldn't forget. I forget. Um, like, I I forgot that I was reading Avengers for a while, and now I'm, like, four issues behind. Yeah. So, so but going back to Turtles, Turtles is right now one of the titles that we really, really enjoy, the two of us. I, I definitely put it on, up, up there at the top. Its official title is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the IDW ongoing, and there's also the one-shots that IDW does, and actually just getting ready to start uh villains micro series where they're gonna have one shots looking at each individual villains and krang's gonna be the first one mm-hmm. and i'm um, really interested in that me too to get more backstory just on krang but i, I wanted to get your thoughts on the krang war that storyline that just wrapped up because i was enjoying it but I, it, I think it was so so and now the turtles went off world for a while and now they're back and i believe i just i've seen this just through on the like comic book resources news that mm-hmm. the next storyline is going to be city at war it's going to be more you know there's going to be more new york based it's not gonna yeah i didn't the 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 krang war with the neutrinos was only okay i found it to be a lot of action and i not really much character development and i didn't really i don't care that much about the neutrinos i mean i know it's a cool nod it's one of the things that the title is doing that's cool that you know they take all bits and pieces from all the various incarnations of the turtles and the neutrinos were on, you know, the original cartoon, and so um, one of the early episodes, early, early, first handful of episodes, and so they were cool. But I, the, the Krang War didn't really do it for me. So yeah, I I tend to agree. I don't think the neutrinos were well developed. I really liked Honeycut as a character in the original, and they developed him more than the neutrinos. But I I think that he's more of an endearing character than they gave him credit for. And yeah. I think there's more work that could have been done there I mean, with Honeycut. It, it was kind of cool with him because you were introduced to Chet early on before yeah, you knew, before he, was you knew a, who he was. Yeah, but, but I, I, I just other than it was being like, oh, that was kind of cool. I didn't. I still didn't care that much. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. There was a lot of action. I think sometimes the art failed to tell the story like it needed to. And you had, they had to fall back on text, and the text didn't always tell the story either. Where there was a lot of Oh, we're 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 in this new world and people are fighting, so we're just gonna pick a side and we're gonna fight, and then we'll figure out why we're fighting later. But you guys look like the good guys, and they look like the bad guys, so we're on the right team, kind of thing. It wasn't as thought out as I I would have liked it to be. Yeah. So and, and it could have been done better. I'm now what was done really well was I think the saga, the history of the Foot Clan. Oh, the Foot Clan. Yeah, that I was... liked that miniseries a lot. That was good. That that was that, good. that was four issues of. A short story that was well thought and I think well well played out. I didn't like it, it's such a minor thing that it, it's not even that big of a deal. But I did I didn't like the how the bandanas on the turtles were drawn, like the the various 
the various shapes. Usually the banana, the ban- bandanas are drawn just like bandanas that go mm-hmm. in your head. Here they stylized them and like made them angled and try to make them edgy. Yeah, I could get over that just because the story itself was good. They're just trying to differentiate the art a little bit. I agree, but and I mean when there isn't when that's what the thing I'm complaining about, it tells you that you know that's, yeah. it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Krang War would have been better if it was a couple issues longer. I think they just, yeah, yeah, that's true. And I was, I was gonna say that they just should have made the fall of the Foot Clan or the or the secret history of the Foot Clan. That just should have been in the in the in the series proper, and they could have just done without the Krang War. But I don't know, maybe. Well, I liked how they brought in Krang, and I, I liked that whole aspect of it because they are they are tying it into to backstory, and they are tying it into the secret history of the and Foot Clan it, and too. It had I mean, been, they're, they're linking all those pieces together. That's true, and, it had and been I don't think we've seen all of that yet. I mean, I think there's more to come to link all these pieces of history together that we haven't seen. But the Neutrino War, the Krang War, in and of itself, could have been delved into deeper yeah i mean it, it has been building for a while all this stuff with um with 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 baxter and mm-hmm. it had been building and so the krang war yeah there, it had been leading to you know the war and all even you know all the way yeah pretty much the whole series has had hints of what's going on and then especially the um the fugitoid one shot that came out yep. and that was a while ago yeah and that, i like that a lot that pretty heavily tied into the all re- all throughout reading the Krang War, I was like, I should probably go back and reread the Honeycut one shot. I need to go back and reread the Krang War in general because I read two issues out of series with each other. Out of order. Out yeah. of order, yeah. Like I think I read issue twenty followed by nineteen, or maybe nineteen followed by eighteen, something like that. But I didn't read them in order, and it left me with a lot of questions. And then when I went and read them, read read the appropriate issue, then all those questions were answered, but I just didn't get the full impact. Like. I could stand to read it again, but even then, I don't think my opinion of it would change much. Yeah, yeah. So, there, so... But I still the, like the series as a whole. The next storyline is going to be City at War, and I think um, Shutter's going to be involved as well, and it's going to get back to some New York-based stuff, that, stuff that I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, is it called... I, I might be wrong that it's called City of War, because... It's. I think it is City of War, but there was an original. I honestly I don't, don't know. I don't think you read it, but the original series, Volume One, had a City at War storyline as well. It all, it wrapped it up because I know. So. So you might be getting those confused. I think I might be getting the names of those stories, um, storylines confused. And you actually should go back and read it because the um, so the way the way Volume One worked is so like the first eleven or twelve issues plus all the one shots and the Fugitoid. We're all kind of one yeah. big story. And, and I've read all of that. And then it sort of meandered for a while, and they just had sort of one-offs for a long time, and just various various writers would come in. and then, But towards the end of Volume 1, um, Eastman and Laird came back for like a 12-issue arc, um, mm-hmm. which I read while you were on a business trip. Like, uh, I don't know, earlier, sometime in 2012, I actually had read that um, 12-issue arc. And I, I believe, is it 12 issues? It, now I'm confused at how many issues, but it's a it's a decently long arc, mm-hmm. and um, and that was pretty good. It was it was it was it was good. It was getting and what's what's cool is it, it essentially ignores like 40 issues of the turtles, and you, and you really only need to have read like the 11 issues that um, you know the the what what you read essentially. Then there's like a short story arc, like a three issue story arc, like uh, the Return of the Shredder that and then there's all these issues 
that are one-offs of the Turtles, and you mm-hmm. can just skip those and go right into the City at War storyline, which, um, and then you, you, you essentially can just skip all those, and you have this one, this, and Eastman Laird came back and wrote it, and it's really good. I recommend, I definitely recommend you, if, if you want some to read that, it's it's good. And then I've always, I've been meaning to sit down and read some Volume 2 stuff from the Turtles, and I just mm-hmm. haven't got to it yet. And that's, Volume 2 is when they colorized it. Um, all of Volume 1 is black and white, and then Volume 2 they colorized it. And so, oh, there's something about reading the original Turtles in color that, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't do it more for me that much, but... Uh, the color the, classics that they're reprinting oh, look the really good. Oh, the color classics are The color excellent. classics look really good. The, well, the Volume 2 is not nearly on the level of the color classics like the mm-hmm. original the color classics are awesome those are those are done those really are the well. idw and they're printed on great paper those are the idw those are reprints nice comics that are coming out and i usually don't endorse like if the comic was just like a movie if the movie was filmed in black and white don't colorize it and if the comic was uh you know drawn in black and white don't colorize it but the idw color reprints that they're doing they're gorgeous they're awesome um agreed so We'll move on to some movies real quick. There isn't a kind of blaze through this because we talked about Dread already, which I wanted to talk about. And then, uh, what? So the Superman trailer. So I I had on the list to talk about the viral marketing that they were doing because when I wrote this list for this episode, the trailer hadn't come out yet. The third trailer. So mm-hmm. they they had some cool viral marketing for Superman or for Man of Steel where they had this uh this um sort of staticky staticky footage of of um i almost said judge dread of <laughs> of general zod talking to earth demanding that uh superman uh give himself up and yeah, um, it's almost like he's like taking over your tv you could imagine it would be like you're watching regular television and then this kind of like patches its way in to take over your tv sort of thing but i would i would that's kind of how i envision it where all of a sudden your tv goes into static and then it turns into this image out of the static it's 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 quite creepy. I think it's I th- well done. I thought it was pretty cool. I saw, you know, some comments, some people online who thought that Zod's voice sounded a little bit too passive, not powerful enough, a little bit mm. just too blasé. I but think it was great. I thought it was. I th- I, th- I thought it was really well, and it wasn't actually the voice that I was expecting, even though mm-hmm. he's very terroristy, very what, like in control. I think I I haven't seen Michael Shannon, who's playing Zod, in too much stuff. And the stuff I have seen him in, I haven't been all that impressed with him, um, to be honest. I we watched, um, what was that movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt with him as the bike messenger, Premium Rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Shannon was the the primary antagonist in that movie, mm-hmm. and I thought he's got a creepy look to him. His face is creepy. He is a weird looking guy. He, he's a weird looking guy. Yeah, but and that that helps. I didn't like him in Premium Rush really, and. But I've liked anything, every, every, everything I've seen him in for Man of Steel, and this mm-hmm. viral marketing was really cool. So then there was that viral marketing, that viral trailer, you could call it. And then last Tuesday, they released the third trailer to uh, Man of Steel. Actually, I should back up. Before that, they actually had uh, like a, a countdown, a Kryptonian like clock that was counting down to something. And everybody pretty much assumed it was the trailer because they did the same thing um with the second trailer they had this countdown they mm-hmm. had um and so they they were doing this countdown and um i believe the trailer was released simultaneously online when the counter hit zero and also at CinemaCon, which i'm actually not sure what convention like where CinemaCon is but it was whatever convention it was it was held last week mm-hmm. as well so then they debuted it at the exact same like um 
at when the counter hit zero as well. So mm-hmm. they did it live there, and then it was just released online and watched it through YouTube. And I have to say that I love the watching trailers on the YouTube app for the PS3 because you get to watch them like we. We get to watch them on the big watch TV, it on the big TV yeah. not just on the computer. So. But you can control it from your tablet, so you don't have to We just discovered the, worry I think about the, using a remote. I, th- I think the YouTube app for the PS3 has been out for a while, but just it's only that I've discovered it in the past few months and actually really started well, to I, use I it I think more. the pairing it with your tablet or Android device or whatever, I think that piece is pretty new Yeah. compared to the app itself. I think the app has been out for a while, but that, that controlling piece, which is what, we're, what we've been using... Uh, I think that is relatively new through a, a recent update. So the trailer, the so the trailer hit and it was awesome. That's all I can. It was freaking insane. The trailer, first of all, really freaking insane. Yeah, it was good. I don't know, freaking I, insane. It, well, that's my opinion. <laughs> that's my opinion. You yeah. can have your own opinion, but I. It think was a good trailer. It. I thought it was just freaking awesome and. It's a long trailer. It's actually three minutes long, but you actually don't get that much plot in it because the mm-hmm. first minute or so is a lot of – there's a lot of new footage in there of Jorah talking. There's a lot talking, of refit- But there's a lot of footage that you've already seen from footage the, too, yeah. Because this is the third trailer. They actually – they had a short teaser that was attached to The Dark Knight Rises last year, and that was 30 seconds or so, and it really didn't show that Gosh, much. There's so much speculation about tone from that trailer too. But it, but it really didn't show all that much. And then there was the trailer number two, which was – attached with the hobbit and that showed a lot more yeah and there was this trailer so the first minute or so is a lot of the same footage that yeah. was from those first Th- trailers this is the first trailer that really shows some good action some good images of zod you, we, that you we didn't get, see as much you, you get to see some more characterizations some you actually see zod speak and mm-hmm. he has a pretty cool line that you know he him screaming i will find him which is pretty cool and it makes you wonder like what the storyline is yep. and then and then the, the, you also get a good glimpse of Lois Lane and her yeah. relationship Amy with Amy Adams and how she's, how she's talking to Superman, which you know, I mean, that's that's intriguing too because we haven't really seen any of that. I've always been a fan of Amy Adams. Um, Me too. From always been a fan, and but I was always a little skeptical over as Lois Lane. I trusted it because I know she's a good actress, but I was just curious how you know she'd portray it, how 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 she would be, and I, I always assumed it would be pretty good, and I'm. And again, my my judgment is being based off this trailer, but I think she is good. The, yeah, they have a scene. I agree. It was the first time we saw her speak, and she does a good job. She and... had this like natural charm, but assertiveness that that I liked, and that's that's exactly what I would want to see out of Lois Lane. Like when I look back to this is, I know it's not the best version of Superman out there, but when I look at Lois and Clark, and I look at Terry Hatcher's lois lane i think she's a little too pushy and not as endearing as she should have been well i mean i like and, and lois lane as a character yeah. could be that way i mean as a reporter she she needs to be hard-headed she you know she she's a strong independent woman but there's also something about her you know if you think of margot kidder's uh lois lane there there's just something about her that su- that caught superman's eye that I he th- liked i actually think you know it gets dogged on in the later seasons actually seasons two three four weren't all that great i mean i still enjoy them because they're superman but the first season of Lois and Clark, I think, is excellent. Like, you, like I wouldn't apologize for saying that I think that Terry Hatcher, I think, did a pretty good job, and she's she's she, very she's very she spunky. She did. I, it's, I think and, it's how she's written, though. That I, to me, Lois Lane still has to. Ha- she's strong, but she still has to have that little bit of vulnerability. I, I don't think you see that as much in Terry Hatcher's character. Yeah, yeah, I, I could say that. We the, the, the be, softer side a little. It bit. actually might be cool to have just an episode where we talk about Lois and Clark. 
Um, but so the so the trailer was really awesome. They also for the first time um, released the the music that accompanied the trailer was music from um, Hans Zimmer, music from this uh, Man of Steel score. And That's nice. You don't you don't see that often enough. No, a lot of the trailers nowadays don't use. They the music. pull from like just trailer music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the music I thought was really good. We'll see. Still, I liked it. It was good. I, there isn't a just a concrete theme, and we'll see if it actually gets like a definitive theme per se. And um, I feel like I, in general, movies are moving away from that. You don't and, really see that as much. And like, I agree. You don't get the themes like John John Williams used to do anymore as much. I mean. I, I can think of it. There's a really strong theme in Harry Potter. Again, John Williams, though. But I'm I'm trying to think of more recent stuff, like the X-Men stuff or the Batman stuff. I mean, Batman well, has a hint of a theme. They all have motifs, and Batman does have a theme, but it's, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not something you can really strong. hum. It's, yeah. it's not really something you can hum. Or, but I would, I, I would like Superman to be a character that does have a, a recognizable Is theme. that considered to be cheesy now? Maybe that's why people are moving away from it. it. Maybe it's a little... I would say it, maybe it is kind of, but I think... It's also sort of, I don't know, the classic, Superman's a, a, the classic superhero, and I think that, that having a classical rendition of a theme would be kind of cool. But they're trying to update him, I mean, though. Not, they're trying to have him not be, you know, they're, they're trying to make him more edgy and, and cool, and, you know, because he, he's been associated with maybe not being so, you know, he's Mr. Morality. And I'm not really complaining too much, because the music that's in the trailer really, I thought, was pretty good. It's pretty uplifting. They've actually released the that track mm-hmm. um, online is called Ideal of Hope, which is a pretty fitting title for something Superman related. Um, so, all in all, I think the trailer... Not only was... that, but it gets back to his, what's said in the trailer, too, and, yeah. and what he, he indicates that that's what the the insignia on his chest means. Yeah, yeah. So, all in all, I think the trailer was excellent. It really got me pumped for the movie. The movie's only a couple months away, and mm-hmm. less than that. Like, we're within... We're under two months, so yep. I... The I know, movie will be here before the baby is. <laughs> I know for certain we I will have a whole episode where uh reviewing mm-hmm. Man of Steel. So I'm so looking forward to that. Definitely the number one movie this summer. So briefly talk about G.I. Joe Retaliation. And essentially we, we went and saw that a couple weekends ago and just gotta say how big of a disappointment that was. That movie I had fun while I watched it. I thought it was I thought there really wasn't too much I actually liked about the movie. And it, the more I think about it, it, it gets even... It, there, I, I mean, I, I don't want to do a full review because mm-hmm. we, we're already going a little bit longer. I mean, that was part of the thing with this with our new format is we wanted to not have as long of episodes either. We wanted, we, we wanted yeah, to we're focus, failing at that. We wanted to focus less on news and maybe have a little bit short of episode. But we, we, we talk for how long we talk, I guess. And so that's part of the... That's part of the charm of the show. We talked a lot about comics. So, I mean, there'll be episodes where we talk less about comics yeah. and more about movies. But... So, so back to G.I. Joe Retaliation, I didn't go in with super high expectations. I went in expecting an action movie with The Rock, and I got an action movie with The Rock. I yeah. didn't expect a movie. Like, we went in, and you told me it was an hour and a half. It actually was almost, it was, about, it was more like two hours. It was a little longer no, than I was expected. It was not. It's. I think the running time is about, is like 95 minutes. So, so given that that's how long of a running time it is, and seeing how much action is in the trailer, I knew there wasn't going to be enough time for plot development. And I knew that going in, so I expected holes. So I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the plot, really. I just, I watched the action. And and the characters that were there in front of me, and I didn't 
put any analysis to what was going on. I just took the story as it was told and didn't think about it. And so at the time while I was watching it, I enjoyed it. There were some great action sequences that I really liked. The sound effects I could have done without. They were a little techno for me. But in general, I, I enjoyed it. Now, when we decided dis- to discuss it later and, and you've expressed all your problems with it, you haven't said a single thing I disagree with. So Yeah. And and for me, I know you said you were expecting a mediocre movie, and that's what you got. I was expecting a mediocre movie, and I feel like I got it didn't even meet those expectations. I got a poor movie. I it, I see. I think the action sequences were good. I I think mm. that there was some good choreography. I I think that Ray Park was his usual Ray Parkness for mm. for Snake Eyes. Yeah. I yeah I. We could, there was some Bruce Willis in there that didn't need to be there, but yeah, I don't. I feel like Bruce I mean, Willis's he seems to be thrown been... in every action movie these days. His... It, it's like if Bruce Willis is in it, it has a stamp of approval as an action movie. I could have done without that for sure. But I, I think part of the problem is, is I didn't care about any of the characters. I mean, The Rock, The Rock is just—I don't know why he he just has a natural charisma about him. I mean, I like him in all the Fast and the Furious movies, mm-hmm. and he just gets a he he kind of gets a pass because he's already naturally charismatic which and and even though he plays almost the same character i feel like he just you kind of just either you i feel like either you kind of like the rock persona mm-hmm. that he portrays in movies or you don't yeah. but i didn't care about any of the other than the rock i didn't care about any of the other gi joes and they decided and they killed off all of the cool like they killed, they killed off, off channing they tatum. Killed off Chan, you know, right at the beginning Duke, and, they, yep. and they had some unne- like if they were going to kill him off they had some unnecessary character building moments that didn't pay off um and mm-hmm. They actually, and the other GI Joes that they killed off early on too. Um, I'm 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 not too familiar with GI Joe mythology, but I know there was a, like there was an opening scene that was actually one of my favorites in the movie where the GI Joes before um, the crap hits the fan and a bunch of them get wiped out. They have before before that happens, they have a, a raid on the compound and where they're where Shane Tatum's Duke is still there and a couple of other characters who I don't remember their names, but. I liked those characters more than the than the the male and female other than the Rock. The other male and female who are in the movie, the main GI Joes. Yeah, they're forgettable. They're I didn't like them, but I mean, I don't even. I agree. Yeah. I didn't, but I still enjoy the yeah. action sequences that so, were going on. I give it a thumbs down. I think you would give it a thumbs up. I'd just recognizing thumbs, that it's it's a maybe a thumb sideways and uh like like a like you'd say what it's a mediocre like if you go into expecting some decent action that's what you're gonna get yeah if, if you just want to sit down and have a brainless popcorn muncher movie then that's what you get so you don't want to put any thought into it you just want to watch some action i think there are some good action sequences and some good fight sequences if you don't care that the plot makes sense 100 percent or that there's any character development then you're okay and and really you have to like the rock because he leads the show because i agree with you the other the other main characters are throwaways yeah yeah, so I mean, I I said this and I stick by it. I give it I give it two out of five, you know. So mm-hmm. so not I was, and I was looking forward to it. I was the one who you know dragged us to, and I mean not not dragged us. You weren't you weren't reluctant to see it really, but I was my idea to go, and I yeah yeah that's what I got to say about the movie. <laughs> so let's talk about what else. There isn't too much TV that's going on. TV's kind of in a lull right now. There's a bunch of reruns, you know, Californication. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, shows shows are getting. I mean, April sweeps and then May they finish up. So, but even you know. then, there isn't much to talk about when it comes to sitcoms. Um, you know, how how you met your mothers. 
leading towards Ted meeting the mother at the the wedding, the wedding, Barney's yep. wedding at the end. So yeah, that, and, I, and I think it's about time that that show wraps it up because this season in particular, the storylines have been less endearing. They've been more flashbacks or what if type scenarios, just kind of kooky, crazy scenarios. It, it hasn't been the wacky, lovable characters in the like dating and drinking kind of you know it. Yeah, the the craziness doesn't. Well, I guess what I should say is it's more crazy and less believable because they're doing more more flashbacks and flash forwards and they're playing around with the time sequences more than they ever have. I mean, they've always done um non-sequential storyline, but they've been doing it more so now than ever before and it it's it's not working for me as much as it used to. Yeah, I I agree. And they and they have another season, so hopefully it's good. Yeah, well this the last... other see the other se- the last season can be dedicated more so to the mother. And, and and developing that mother character, and I think it needs to be. And so I think th- I think next season, I'm expecting a, a an improvement in the storyline. I think it was a red herring, but this last episode sort of teased that Lily and Marshall are going to be in Paris for a little while. They did, yeah. But I I don't. But I that could just any... be a non sequitur. Like yeah, they, they could just be gone could... over the summer and then come back. Exactly, because I haven't I haven't seen anything that Jason Siegel or Allison. Well, and again, are not going to be like are going to be in any less episodes. I haven't seen any of that. Jason so. Siegel was the one holding out on the last season. I mean that that they made public. They let it be known that he was the last one holding out on coming back for the last season. And I mean, his movie career has really taken off. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's having some big scheduling conflicts. Yeah. So so what else? So so Californication wrapped up one of our you know shows shows we enjoy on Showtime, and that wrapped up its latest season. I would say if you like Californication, you know, it's, it's another season. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was just sort of sort of meandered along, I think. It was it was decent. Nothing nothing special about it, though. To me, what was different about this season is Hank is redeeming himself. He's growing up. They're, they're really writing the story towards an end, I think. Because if you look at the, the amount of sex and debauchery and just heartbreak that Hank experienced this season, it was pretty minimal relative to other seasons. You know, this this season was a time for him trying to rebuild and a time for redemption. And I mean, that starts off right at the beginning with him ending up in rehab. And it, it continues throughout the whole rest of the season where he sees Atticus being crazy. And he uh, chooses not to do that and not to participate in a lot of uh, sex and drugs and things that he could. I mean, he still does, but he doesn't indulge the way he has in the past. So... In a way, it makes for a little bit less interesting or more boring of a story, but the, char- the, the supporting characters and supporting cast, I think, are well-developed enough that they could continue to carry the show, yeah. even though Hank's not getting as much trouble as I'll he used to. So. We'll, we'll see where the next season goes, and I think I don't think they've said the next season the last season, but it probably should be. And then... I wouldn't be surprised if they you know, made it the last season. I, I certainly, the way this season was written, it seems to me that they're writing towards an end. Yeah. And, and it seems to me that they almost have that already planned out with Becca growing up and, and Hank's relationship with Karen starting to become more defined as a, as a not going to happen type scenario. Maybe he's finally going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's Californication wrapped up. I believe it's season six or seven. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> confused. I, yeah. So, but, but, but it wrapped up. It's pretty good. Um, but I would say it's more of the same for the last couple of seasons. I think, I think the best, you know, I actually think the, I enjoy the show. And so I enjoy it, it. I enjoy seeing what's happening to Hank and whatnot, but I think, you know, the perfect ending would have been when it ended the season, when the trial, um, cause they had the whole trial mm-hmm. with him, with the underage sex with Mia. And then 
um, all of that with the with with his novel gets wrapped up, and then mm-hmm. the season ends with him driving off into the sunset. I think that would have been a perfect. It would have been perfect, and I wonder if I. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the news, but I wonder if they hadn't been renewed yet and just weren't sure where it was going or what it was doing or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but. Yeah. So, so, so I said, I, a lot of the TV I'm looking forward to is going to starting up in the summer and, you know, Dexter's final season is going to start in June. So not too far away. And yeah, I think it, it starts the week before Superman. I want to say the first week of June. And then, um, uh, Breaking Bad is is airing and the, but and they just released the air date. It's a little later than I thought it was going to be. It's in August. I thought it was going to be earlier. Yeah, I think um, it got pushed back because I think it was originally slated for something like the second or third week of July because I think it was timed somewhat close to impending birth of sun for us. Yeah, yeah. So so those those are two shows we're looking forward to and we'll have lots of discussion about those. Yep. Um, and spoiler, spoiler. It, indeed. So I think we're right at about an hour and a half. I think that's good. We we have some video game talk, but the video game talk that we have can hold off till next time because mm-hmm. we only play so many games. So the stuff we're playing now, we're probably going to be playing in two weeks. So yep. Or, well, or I just I just wrapped stu- up a couple of games. Or the stuff we just one. wrapped up, we can we'll be wrapped up, still wrapped up in two weeks. So <laughs> we can talk about it then. Yep. So we'll talk about video games next time. I think we'll have a little bit less comic news or to- comic talk next time, but yeah. we'll see. I'll probably have some Age of Ultron stuff, but we'll see. We, 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 we won't be talking about hardcovers. Maybe next episode will be a themed episode. We don't know. We're going to mix it up around here on Talking Geek, so <laughs> so we'll see. But I guarantee you, it will be geeky. It it will be, and it will be, and it will be present. We are going to keep this show going. Not like yeah. We, so there will be an episode four, and it will not come out three months after episode three. So. <laughs> With that, why don't you take us home? Okay, so for those of you who are new listeners, which probably everyone, if you're listening, hopefully you're listening, <laughs> um, you can find us at talkinggeek-podcast.blogspot.com, and there's no G at the end of talking. Um, you can also find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Just go ahead and search for Talking Geek. If you're listening to us, that means you've done your search, so you know. And then, of course, you can also reach us at Gmail, which is um, the same as our blog spot. So it's going to be talkinggeek-podcast at gmail.com. No, I, no, the Gmail is just talkinggeekpodcast. Is it? Yeah. There's no dash? No. So talkinggeekpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. No G at the end of talking. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Stay geeky. Stay geeky.